Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our new free app, which is the best way to listen to messages and keep up with everything happening at Creekwood Church. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Um, I want to talk to you today about what I feel like God has placed on my heart for this message. Uh, It was uh, about a month ago, two months ago, Pastor Stephen asked me to speak. Him and Thalissa um, are out on some much-deserved vacation uh, before she goes back to teaching this fall. And um, so he asked me to speak, and I was like, man, what am I going to talk about? Like, the week after serve day, what do we do? And the more that I kind of talked with people and the more I prayed about this message, the more I wanted to kind of go, where do we go from here, right? Now that we've done serve day, right? And, you, and many of you, you've gone out, you've served. Maybe you've been on a missions trip. And in answering the question, now what? Right, because as amazing as serve day was, as amazing as going out to over 60 different projects all across the city and all of those people is, now what? Right, that, as great as it is, is not possible to do every single day. Right? It's, it's not possible. It took months of preparation from countless numbers of volunteers to pull off something like Serve Day. So how do we as followers of Jesus Christ, how are we to live this out? And I think it starts with this question, why Serve Day? Why Serve Day? Because yes, we want to go and we want to make a difference. We want to serve people. We want to impact people. We'll, we're called to do that as Christ followers. But I think there's more to that, and and there's this bigger reason behind it. And and it comes back to our mission here at Creekwood Church. We say our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. So Serve Day is about sparking something inside of you that says, man, this idea of serving others outside of myself is something that as Christ followers, we should be doing every single day, right? Impact, as great as it was one day, if every single person at Creekwood were to come together one day and we did thousands of projects, is nothing compared to if we can get this idea of serving others daily in those around us that God has placed in our life, the impact that we can have. And I would even say the impact God has called each and every one of us to have. But I want to be really clear because when we talk about serving, I want to make sure we're on the same page that serving has nothing to do with our salvation, Right? The Bible is really, really clear. You cannot work hard enough. You can't be good enough. You can't be bad enough to come to Jesus Christ, that that is a free gift that is given to us by God, that we can't do anything on our own for our own salvation. But that said, what Serve Day is, what serving is, is it is a response to our salvation. Right? It's a response that says, man, what God has done in my life what I've experienced, I can't help but make a difference in somebody else's life, right? I can't help but when I see somebody that needs help, have compassion for them, and I can't help but do everything in my power to make a difference in their life. And there's a big difference and a big distinction there. So what I think we come down to when we talk about this idea of serving is there's this battle that we face. There's this battle between selfish desires and compassionate action. Selfish desires and compassionate action. Like we can, we're all on the same page. What is one of the first words that come out of a little kid's mouth when they learn to talk? Mine, 
right? Mom, dad, mine, really close in there, right? It's more like mom, mine, dad, mine, right? I've got some friends, they just had their first kid and we were at dinner with them the other day. And the dad's like, hey, watch this. And the kid didn't even have his pacifier. I mean, this kid is like six months old. Didn't even have his pacifier in his mouth. The dad picked it up and just bit the edge of it and the kid reaches up and grabs it like, no, that's mine, right? We're born with this selfish desire. We know this. And if we're not careful, don't we go back to that over and over again throughout our life, right? We go back to, man, this is my house, right? This is my money that I've worked hard for so that I can have what I want and I can provide for my family, right? This is where we go back to. But on the flip side of that, we also have this, like, it, this innate compassion when we see somebody hurting, because when you think about a natural disaster and when a natural disaster happens um, and, and those, those, hey, text this money to donate and in a matter of hours they raise millions of dollars towards this natural disaster, right? When you see somebody, maybe a neighbor or a family member that's hurting, that needs help, your heart goes out to them because you wanna make a difference. And so we have this battle that goes on inside of us between selfish desires and compassionate action. And so what I wanna do today is I want to give you some principles that if we will apply them in our life, will help us to choose compassionate action in our life every single day. So if get out your notes, um, and I want you to write these down. If you don't take notes, today is a great time to start. The first one is this. It's choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead, Feelings follow. And, and I think we know this, and we see this in a lot of ways in life. Um, for those of you that are married in the room um, or have been, um, uh, I, I, I saw this in, in my relationship with my wife, right? When I met my wife, I was, yes, I was physically attracted to her. Yes, I could, you could define it as having a crush on her, but I didn't love her. Right? I didn't love her yet. It took time. It took effort. It took the choices to date and to ask questions and to get to know before the feelings were there that I actually love her and those feelings follow. We see this in so many areas of life. But I want to look at a story in Matthew chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew chapter 9. Now I want to look at verses 35 to 38. Um, if you grew up in church and you've been around church for a long time, you've probably heard the last verse of this section of Scripture. Matthew 9.35 says this. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. He's walking around. He's being Jesus, right? He's healing people. He's teaching. He's, he's telling people how you live as a follower of Jesus Christ. And then 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then this is the verse that you may have heard before. It says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And, and, and what I've heard this spoken on, it's, hey, you got to go out in the people that are in your life, right? The community that's in your life. The, you got to witness to them. You got to lead them to Jesus Christ. You got to be that example to them. You got to go out and you got to serve. And yes, that is absolutely true. We are called to impact our community. But before we ever get to that point, I want you to look at what Jesus did. And I think we can pull three things from this. 
Verse 35 says, Jesus went. It says, Jesus went. And then later in verse 36, it says, then Jesus, when he saw the crowds, so Jesus saw, he had, Jesus had compassion. So I want you to look at this. When we first have to choose to go, then when we choose to go, then we can see, right? And not just see what we think we see, but truly see. I heard stories from leaders on serve day and they're like, hey, I was going to this project and I heard we were gonna do some yard work. And, and I pull up and it's this house and it's a pretty nice house. And um, i like, why don't, they, why don't they take care of their yard? And, they, and so you go, you made this decision and you start working and then the homeowner comes out. And this was one of our projects. And then you find out that their yard just isn't maintained, not because they don't care, they don't have the time, but because it's a single mom of five who's recently divorced and doesn't have the time and doesn't have the money, right? You would have never seen who they actually were if you didn't first go. Because when you go, then you can see who they are and then you can have compassion for them. You see, there's a pattern and we have to consciously choose that choices lead and feelings follow. I have a story um, from Serve Day that illustrates this so well from a friend of mine. And he was on a team that was led by uh, another good friend of mine, Daryl Perez and Corey. Uh, They were the leaders of this team. We actually have a picture of their team and what they did at this house, that dumpster all came from that house, right? It was an amazing project. Um, Josh sent me a text on Sunday afternoon, this friend of mine that was on his team, and here's what Josh said. Josh, Josh said, man, I'll be honest. I've tried all week to figure out a way out of serve day. I've really went out of my way to try and avoid it. He said, I was dreading it, but after sucking it up and showing up today with an open mind and an open heart, I can honestly say that doing what we did for Rose today at her house has honest to goodness changed my mind about serve day. He says, I would do this one time a month if possible. It was beyond rewarding to selflessly devote my time to that project and see the result that 20 people had on her property. It was so amazing to see her face and the feeling I have afterwards is indescribable, right? Choices lead, feelings follow. You gotta make the choice to go. You gotta make the choice to step out, to put action to that. And then those feelings of going, man, I get to make a difference. And God working in your life, they come after you make that choice, right? This happens on missions trips. If you've ever been had the opportunity to go on a missions trip, and if you haven't, I highly, highly encourage it. We had a team that went to the Dominican Republic earlier this year. We've got another team that's going to Costa Rica here in just a few weeks. Um, we have missions trips that go out every, every year, and you go on these trips, and man, what happens is crazy, right? You make the choice to go, and then you get to see and you get to know people, and you get to see what their life is like, and then, man, it just messes you up inside in the best way possible. It will flip your life upside down and change your perspective about what you see and what you deal with every single day. But when we talk about making the choice, I also think it's easier to make that choice when we're in community. And I saw this with the life group that my wife and I are in. We, we joined a life group last September when the fall life group semester launched. It was uh, the first couple's life group that we had been a part of. 
And the relationships and the friendships that have come out of that group in this past year have been just so, so amazing. And, and it's so cool to see because there's the age range in this group, when we first started, it was a little bit weird because it's people in their 20s all the way up to almost 60. And all different stages of life, but man, the friendships and, and everybody in the different life stages that have, and all of that coming together has been the most beautiful thing. But I watched this because two different teams were led by people within our life group. And we've got some pictures of a couple of those teams. One was doing yard work. Actually, both were doing um, some lawn maintenance, one at a mobile home park and another at a home. But I watched everybody that was in town and available in our life group sign up to be a part of Serve Day because the other people that they were in community in that life group invited them to come into it. Right When you're in community, we don't just say life groups here. We don't just talk about the importance of community because it's a cool idea and it's something that is awesome and, hey, other churches are doing it. No, we do it because we believe in the power of community and it helps us to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So choices lead, feelings follow. And second, write this down, you gotta see people the right way. See people the right way. Because, hey, serving's easy until those people don't say thank you, right? Serving's easy until, um, until someone doesn't actually want you there doing what you're doing. Maybe it's pride, maybe it's whatever, but they don't really want you there, right? Serving's easy when the people come out and, and get down on their knees alongside you and help in the yard, or when if they can't do that physically, they at least come out and they're present there and they're talking and they're thanking you for what's going on, right? That's easy, or serving's easy until none of that happens. You see, there's this story, one of our teams, they did an incredible job. They went to this project and, and they did a whole bunch of yard work. They trimmed trees. They built this amazing deck. It was led by Michael and Stephanie Michelle. And we actually have a picture of their team as well. And they, they went and they they, they, this handicap, they were building this deck in this picture, and then it ended up with this beautiful handicap ramp. I mean, the thing was done so, so well. They ran out of time, and they ran out of resources to put the top handrail onto the deck. And their, their plan was to come back and to put this handrail on after the fact. And the homeowner, one of the family members of, of the homeowner there, walks out and doesn't go, oh, my goodness, this is amazing, Oh my goodness, the yard, the trees, like you guys have worked here for hours. They come out and the words that come out of their mouth are, where's the handrail, right? In that moment, do you choose to see people the right way? So you see, in, in my life, the way I look at people, and man, my life shifted when all of a sudden I went from the element of assuming I knew what someone's situation was right, to going, man, I have no idea where they're at. I don't know how they're hurting. I don't know what their reality is. And we have to make sure that we don't assume that we understand. We also have to understand that hurt people, right, people that are hurting on the inside, that they in return hurt other people, right? We've seen this. We've all experienced this. And when you can have that filter of, I'm going to choose to see you the right way, it changes the way we approach serving. Luke 10 if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 10, uh, verses 30 to 37. This is the story of the Good Samaritan. 
Um, very popular Bible story, and I love this. And when I was thinking about seeing people the right way, there's not a better story that I could think of in the Bible that illustrates this. And I want to read this to you if you've never heard this story. Luke 10, verse, starting in verse 30, says this. It says, Jesus replied, so he's talking to a guy. Jesus replies with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. Bad situation for this guy. You don't want to be in this situation. Verse 31. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And there's something really important to understand in this story when it comes to Jews and Samaritans. Jews disliked Samaritans so much that when they were traveling, Jews would go around Samaria instead of through Samaria. I mean, it was, they disliked them so much. And if this script would have been flipped, more than likely the Jewish man would not have stopped at one second to help that Samaritan. Understanding that, the, Samarit, the, the despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asks the man he's talking to. And that man replies, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do likewise. I want you to put yourself in this situation. You're on your way to the airport. Maybe if you've got a family and kids, you've got them in tow, and you guys are heading out of town, right, on vacation. Right, that Samaritan, he was going somewhere. Everybody in that story, they had somewhere to be, right? They're on the road traveling. Maybe they were heading to, to something for work or they had a meeting or, or whatever it may have been. And they're traveling. And then you come across this guy, this person that has been beaten up, that desperately is in need of your help, right? Do you slow down and do you help? <clears throat> because if you think about this, this priest, the Bible doesn't tell us why he didn't stop, right? And if we go a little bit, the reality is, is if he's a priest, he's probably on his way to teach. He's probably on his way to the temple to do something that he should be doing, right, for God. He was on his way to something. He may have been on his way to feed the homeless. We don't even know. But for whatever reason, he didn't stop. But yet this Samaritan stops and, and, and helps him and gives him first aid, right, he helps him with everything in his power. But then not only that, he picks him up and he takes him to an inn, our equivalent of taking somebody to the hospital and handing them your credit card and going, whatever it takes, take care of this guy. Right? I'll be honest, that wouldn't have been my first reaction. I would have been like, hey, I'll take you to the hospital, but um, you got insurance, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like that, that's, what I, that's where I would go. But Jesus goes, no, you go above and beyond. And there's three things in this story that I love. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the thief, right, the thief, when he looked at this Jewish man on the ground, he saw a victim to exploit. The priest, 
He saw, for whatever reason, a problem to avoid. But the Samaritan saw a person to be loved. Right? And when that compassionate action kicks in in our life, do we use everything in our ability? Do we use our, our resources? Do we use our money? Do we use our time to make a difference in someone else's life? So we have to choose to see people the right way. And third, and I think this one is huge, we need to remember what Jesus did for me. We need to remember what Jesus did for me. A few weeks ago, Pastor Stephen, in a message, um, talked about the story of the sinful woman. And uh, I want to read an end verse in this story, but let me paint this for you in modern day terms. This this lady comes into this scene, and imagine you are hosting a Bible study at your house, your apartment, wherever you live, right? You've got the house all ready. You've got snacks set up. You've got coffee going, and Pastor Stephen is coming to your house and leading Bible study. Now, picture the most sinful person you know. The Bible says, and Jesus says, that this woman's sins were many, the person that if they were to walk in the back door of the auditorium right now, you would about fall over dead, right? And that person walks into that Bible study a sobbing, crying mess. And in that moment, you maybe are embarrassed. You're like, what is this person doing here? Why, like we were just having this spiritual moment, Bible study. Man, Pastor Stephen was leading this and man, I was learning all of this. And that's kind of this setting that this lady walks into. Right, and she comes up to the feet of Jesus and she's crying and bawling her eyes out so much that she begins to wash the feet of Jesus with her tears. And then she takes her hair and she dries the feet of Jesus. And then she takes perfume and pours it all over the feet of Jesus in this just amazing display of love. And this is what Jesus says in response to this. And you just and the story talks about it, but you know these leaders are just sitting there and they're going, what is this? Like, why is this lady doing this? What is this about? Imagine yourself in that situation as the host. And Jesus says this. He says, Luke seven forty seven. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Right? Man, when we think about what Jesus has done in our life, think about where he's taken you from and, and what he has done and how he has transformed your life. And when we put that filter on how we look at people, it changes everything. It changes everything about who we are and how we interact with people. When we look at that filter, we can choose to see people the right way, right? Then we know we gotta make the right choice for the feelings of helping somebody and making a difference to follow. Right, because the more we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, the more we should care about other people. It's not about being the most spiritual. It's not about understanding this from front cover to back cover and understanding all the theology about who God is. Is there a place for that and is that important? It is, and there absolutely is, but if it is at the expense of loving other people, we have missed the whole message that Jesus came to this earth to give. Right, he loved us. 1 John 4, 19, we love because Jesus first loved us. We love because Jesus first loved us. We say it all the time here at Creekwood, we saved a seat for you. But the definition to that says this, 
You guys got it? If people matter to God, they better matter to us. Right? If people matter to God, they better matter to us. Right? We saved a seat for you. We saved a seat for everybody you know. It's this heart and this idea. It's not about a seat, but it's about this idea that if people matter to God, they better matter to us, and that should put us into a level of compassionate action in our life. It's not about one day of serve day, and we love it, and it's great. You heard the stories. It was amazing, but that should be the very beginning of what God is calling us to do. It's why we do serve day. It's why we're going to, to do a second campus on the west side of Mansfield. It's because there's people in this community that need the love of Jesus. It's why we do a summer jam kids event and do all of these things. It's to reach people with the love of Jesus. So today I wanna challenge you. Man, make compassionate action such a part of who you are. Man, there are opportunities all over the place. This isn't just about doing something here. And volunteering here at Creekwood can be a starting point. But man, there's, there's so many opportunities. You know, we have five different serve life groups that do this on a regular basis right now. When we launch fall semester of life groups at the beginning of, of September, there's gonna be even more serve life groups that you're gonna be able to go and be a part of. Did you know there's a group of guys that are out serving this morning? Check this out. I got this picture at about 8.30 this morning. A group of guys putting up a shed at someone's house who's not physically able to put the shed up themselves. Right? There's opportunities all around us. We've got volunteers here at the church, people in the church that go and volunteer right here at the hospital that go and volunteer at the Mansfield Police Department, that go and volunteer at the food bank here in Mansfield. Did you even know we had a food bank, right? They need volunteers every single day for the needy people in our community. We've got groups that go and feed the homeless up in Fort Worth. Like it, I just, it, the list goes on and on and on. And Creekwood, God has called us to serve people with compassionate action every single day. Serve day is awesome but that should be the tip of the iceberg for what God is calling each and every one of us to do on our own every single day. We're gonna give you avenues to help you do that, but it's gotta be more than that. And there's people in this room, God's calling you not just to do that, but to lead a serve life group this fall because you know what you've experienced, you can help connect other people into, right? It should be the tip of the iceberg in our life. Bow your head. God, we come to you today. And God, we just, we just pause for a moment. God, I pray that you would help us to live out this compassionate action in our life every single day. God, to make the choice to help, God, to see people the right way. And God, to remember what you've done for us. And God, I just ask that as we remember these principles, God, that when we are busy in our life, God, that we would see the needs that you place right in front of us. God, help us to be Jesus to those people. Help us to slow down enough to make a difference in their life. You know, if you're in this place today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, this love, this compassionate action that, that transforms our life, it all begins with that decision to ask Jesus into your life. And you can do that right there where you sit. 
It's just a simple prayer from you to God. Maybe you've never prayed a day in your life. It's just like talking to a friend. And all you have to do is just pray to God and just go, God, I, I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. And I wanna invite Jesus Christ into my life to forgive me of my sins. And the Bible tells us that when you do that, it's the beginning of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you, our prayer team's gonna be down across the front at the end of service and they'd love nothing more than to pray with you about accepting Jesus Christ into your life. Please come let somebody know. We've got some things and some resources we'd love to, to give you to help you in your faith journey. God, I pray for every single person in this place. God, as we go out from here, God, I pray that this week you would help us to look at people maybe in a different way. God, that you would help us to not just go through life letting the selfish desires of our life take over, but God, that compassionate action would rule our life every single day. God, to keep us safe, bless those in this place. God, be with them, their families. God, bring us back all safe next week. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Everybody said. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we would love to have you engage in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.